Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to Inside Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan. Dan, we have just finished recording our newest book called Zooming Ahead. And one of the points that you made in that book, which I think is really key for people to appreciate, is that breakthroughs reward preparation. Mm -hmm. So people are going to be able to take ahead of this new transportation system, as you call Zoom. The ones who are benefiting are, are the ones who've really done a certain type of preparation. So let's chat about that. What are some of your thoughts about breakthroughs reward preparation? I've read a lot of history. Shannon, I've been a history buff since my mother encouraged it when I first learned to read back in the 1940s, 1950-ish. And what I've always been struck by is how different individuals in different groups will either immediately adjust to a new set of circumstances and are successful, and other people are paralyzed by a new set of circumstances, and generally it doesn't turn out well for them. You know, it's kind of the difference between winners and losers in relationship to new events. What I've noticed about the particular worldwide event that all of us have been through in the last 12 months among entrepreneurs, and entrepreneurs are generally more quick acting, more adjustable, more adaptable than I think a lot of other people are because they have more control over their time, they have more control over their money, their relationships, and their purpose in life. So they don't have to get someone else's permission to do something new and different and something better. But even having said that, there's kind of a spectrum you know, within entrepreneurs of people who like switched in a day or two or three days. They got their company all organized from at home teamwork. And not only that, they simply began marketing and cooperating with their clients and other individuals in the marketplace using virtual conferencing. And I'm just going to call it Zooming. So, I had a very, very interesting meeting with a great entrepreneur by the name of Chris Voss. And Chris, for many, many years before he became an entrepreneur, was a hostage negotiator for the FBI. So when there was a crime scene and someone was taken hostage or it was a terrorist mm -hmm. situation and someone was taken hostage, he was the leader of the team that would go in and tried to resolve the situation without violence, without death on both sides, you know, not just the person who was the hostage, but the person who was the taker to mm -hmm. talk the individual into resolving it without violence. We were at a meeting where somebody said, you know, when there's an emergency like that, do people rise to the occasion? In other words, if there's an emergency, automatically people rise to the occasion. And he said, no. He says, no one ever rises to the occasion in a new event. What they do is they default back to their highest level of previous preparation. Okay. And I think that that was very much the case for those who really responded well to the last 12 months and did it very quickly. Didn't take any time out for, you know, not knowing what to do or not knowing how to think about things and not knowing how to communicate. They seemed to move rapidly into a new mode of operating their company and a new mode of creating success in the marketplace. 
And it's interesting. It strikes me that, you know, that's one end of the continuum. Let's paint the picture of people who kind of avoided the situation rather than adapting quickly. What was it like for people on the other side? Well, I think that the people who didn't adjust to this situation hadn't really adjusted to anything new for quite a period of time before this happened. In other words, that they had kind of gotten to a status Mm -hmm. where everything was good, nothing new was needed for improvement. There was no new learning needed. They weren't experimenting with new things. And that would be both in their personal life and also in their business life. So I think that paralysis is the result of non-preparation. Ooh, yeah. And we've seen some people, fortunately not too many people close to us, who were really paralyzed and stuck Mm -hmm. and not able to take action. And that's kind of hard to watch sometimes. And still are, you know, and still are. I mean, a year later, I use Zoom as just a test case of individuals, either their great preparation beforehand or their non-preparation. First of all, Zoom is a new technology. I've been using it for five or six years. We've been using it together. So I was very used to the technology. There's no mystery to it. Three clicks and you're on. Mm -hmm. You get a number, you click, you're in the waiting room, you get another click and you're (laughs) in session. So... We've had 20 years of clicking to sort of master the <laughs> master the skill of clicking, and it kind of looks like a computer. So nothing new there. The big change was on the other side that so many people worldwide now were considering this not only the normal way to do things, but the only way to do things because travel had been taken away. Mm -hmm. You know, the place where you worked was closed down. You couldn't cross borders. You couldn't get on planes. You couldn't congregate. You couldn't mingle. So all the normal ways of running your business and doing your business that involved travel and mingling with other people, well, that was taken away from you. Those who were really good at making the shift we're already exploring and we're already extending Mm. the capability of of virtual conferencing as far as they could when most of the world wasn't responding that way. But where they could get a response, they were getting a response. So they were working through, you know, of pushing cooperation and pushing creativity and problem solving and decision-making as far as they could with the medium, you know, in the previous five years before the lockdown happened. Then when the lockdown happened, they were 100% prepared. Not only prepared, but kind of eager to try this out. I wonder Mm -hmm. if we can run our company this way. I wonder if we can grow our client base this way. I wonder if we can increase our value creation to our clients this way. I had that in my mind for the three or four or five years before the lockdown happened. So it was stored up energy. It was stored up purpose. It was stored up excitement, which when the circumstances changed and we were compelled, and I think being compelled is a useful experience because things get real simple. You're either going to do it the new way or you're not going to do it at all. I dropped a line right at the beginning. I said, you know, there's no incentive, like no alternative. When your alternatives get taken away, you don't have to do too much thinking. You just have to go 100% with what's available. I love that, Dan. No incentive, like no no alternative. And it's great because this is just a recent example with the pandemic lockdown and Zoom. 
But really, this is true in all forms of life and entrepreneurial experience is that the more prepared you are, first of all, the less novelty there is to the having to adapt <laughs> to the new alternatives because you've already explored it. You've already checked it out. It's not just like poof, this wave in your face. It's like, oh yeah, okay. I've been paddling around in this pool for a little while already. So then you can just start to kind of jump on and get ahead of it. It just makes me think of our core values actually is to always be alert, curious, responsive, and resourceful. So let's talk about this for people who want to get on this, being prepared for anything, because who knew that this was going to happen? What are some things that people do? Because this is a mindset as much as it is anything else. So what are some things that people need to do to make sure that they are prepared for and then ready for to take advantage of these amazing new breakthroughs? Your future in your mind is always bigger and better than the best of your past. Personally, I don't have a stopping point in my personal life. I don't envision a stopping point for the company of Strategic Coach. I don't envision any stopping point for the program of the Strategic Coach. All my collaborations and cooperation, I don't see that we've reached the top of our skill and our success and everything. So there isn't anything fixed in front of me, okay? And I think that that's the difference. If the future was fixed in front of you, and then your capabilities are taken away, it's even more fixed. You know, the cement hardens <laughs> when it happens. I'm really struck by the fact that in my mind, and we've talked about this, Shannon, we've had many discussions about this. It strikes me that someone being an entrepreneur can be unclear to what degree that they're still entrepreneuring. You know, they may have been an entrepreneur, and they became successful and, you know, they reached a high status and they have a great lifestyle and they have a reputation, but they may not have grown at all as an individual. Their company may not have grown at all for the last five years. They're just riding on a success that was established a long time ago. And as long as the current is flowing in their direction, it looks like they're really working at being an entrepreneur, but they're just floating. They're not actually moving ahead. They're not getting stronger. They're not becoming more knowledgeable. So I think that when a reverse hits like this, the lifestyle entrepreneurs get very quickly sorted out from the people who are really growth entrepreneurs. And I think that's really what happened here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. The people who are growing are like, oh, okay, now we're going to grow in this direction. Mm -hmm. And the people who are as you said, had stopped and were just kind of floating. Those are the ones that really, they kind of got, you know, stalled or sucked under, which is interesting to see. Yeah, and I think there's something from early in your entrepreneurial career that was real fuel for you. It was fuel for achievement and accomplishment, but you may not have realized it at the time. And that was that things were new. You were encountering things were new. And you had two emotions. One of them was fear and the other one was excitement. And my sense is that, that, uh, that both of them are very, very necessary. That first of all, you should be encountering new things. What I try to do is I always try to keep a high level of novelty in my life. Every quarter, we have to create new strategic coach shortcuts for the workshops. I have to create new structures of workshops. And then I have a lot of little ones that have appeared over the past year where we do little connector calls 
for the 10X program, we have six connector calls. For the free zone program, we have seven. And what I'm setting myself the goal now, I have to have something brand new for every single new event that I have, whether it's a big quarterly workshop or it's a connector call. And that scares me. And I've got deadlines. There's a little bit of fear that you committed yourself to something and you don't pull it off. That scares me a little bit. But there's tremendous excitement when I pull it off. There's tremendous excitement when something new that I hadn't thought of yesterday is suddenly successful today. So I think that the people who adjusted very, very well to the last year, they have this attitude towards they have to have new things in their life all the time. And they're willing to have both experiences of fear and excitement, you know. My sense is that if you try to remove fear, and that's what I really noticed about lifestyle entrepreneurs, they've tried to guarantee that in their personal life and in their business life at a certain point, there's no more fear. And I said, well, the price of having no fear in your life is that neither do you have any excitement in your life. Mm -hmm. So I'll be 77 in a month or two. And I would say the level of fear and excitement that I have in my life is at all time high. You know, it's healthy fear and creative excitement. Mm. Yeah. So that's it. So my sense is that usually in human affairs, when you live in a peaceful place and a prosperous place like we have in North America and the UK for decades, if you're an entrepreneur, it takes something really, really big to draw a line down the middle of the entrepreneurial world and say, you know, lifestyle people to the left, <laughs> growth entrepreneurs to the right. But that's what's happened, you know, in big events like this. I think 9-11 did, but 9-11 was, as far as functioning in the society, within seven days, everything was mostly back to functioning. Security had become, you know, more of a lengthy experience at airports and that. But as far as people living their ordinary entrepreneurial lives, you know, mm -hmm. and everything else, I think that was over in a week. And then we adjusted, you know, we adjusted to the security at airports. That's it. So I'm just putting some things together here. You asked the question and I had to go searching for answers. <laughs> I always know you have them, Dan. <laughs> and just to wrap up, the message that I take away from this is that the more you're constantly, actually to use your words, ambitious, creative, and cooperative, the more prepared you'll be. Mm -hmm. And then what looks like a breakdown for other people, you can actually turn that into a breakthrough. But if you're not having a bigger future, if you're not clear on how you're creative, if you're not growing and going to the right, then this actually is going to be something that really stops you and is incredibly disruptive. Mm -hmm. Now, not to say it isn't disruptive, but that you're not going to be able to convert it into something that's going to feed your future, mm -hmm. which is what we're talking about. So I like it because to me, it means always checking out new things. It's permission to go experiment. It's go explore the world, try stuff out, see what works, see what doesn't. And then who knows? I remember one client, Dan, where he had two bricks and mortar businesses and one kind of small online business. Well, that turned out to be his 100% of his revenue in 2020 mm -hmm. was that business. Thank goodness he was experimenting in wow. that corner of things because the other two were you know, very limited in terms of what he could do, but he was experimenting, right? So that kind of preparation allowed him to have a breakthrough. So lots of evidence yeah. for what you're talking about. Yeah. 
we discovered a lot about our program because we had, I guess, over a 30-year period, we had associated it with workshop rooms and everything else. We had no reason not to think of it that way because that's the way we had formed it. But on a single day, that all ended for the next 12 months. So that part of our business that we had gotten very used to, and we thought of it as our business, this was the very nature and the structure and the environment and the the actual experience of strategic coach requires a big room, you know, conference room, and that got taken away. So we discovered that that's not the essence of strategic coach. Mm, Really good point. So on that note, what would you say is the essence of strategic coach? I'm sure some people want to know. Well, I think it's what you and I are doing right now. I think the essence of strategic coach is, first of all, very provocative, open-ended questions that relate to some area of an entrepreneur's life, personal life, business life. And we have four areas where you can ask almost an infinite number of open-ended questions, and that is time, money, relationship, and purpose, you know. And these are the gifts that keep on giving. You know, if you ask anything saying, you know, in the last 12 months, what did you think your biggest purpose was as an entrepreneur 12 months ago? And now after going through this for 12 months, what has changed about your sense of your overall purpose? Well, I just put the question out there, but what I find is everybody's got an answer and they have answers that are one, incredibly useful to them because they hadn't actually thought about the change, but then they get to go into small groups and actually compare notes with the other entrepreneurs and they're not the same. And they say, wow, I hadn't thought about that. That's really interesting. And people want to know, you know, how they came to that. They want to know the changes they made as a result of that. And then we return them back to the big room. You know, we can have 40, 50 individuals who are just enormously excited about a discovery they made about their personal capability and their personal performance and their personal improvement. And that's the workshop. Doesn't require a room. (laughs) No, I mean, it doesn't require bricks and mortar. It doesn't require a physical place. Just that you have some sort of structure and process where people can do that. And the virtual conferencing experience that we've had from Zoom has been, I would say, perfect. I would say it's perfect. I can't think of a single improvement after the first year that I can see making what we do essentially in strategic coach any better. I think if you had designed a system for people all over the world to have the strategic coach experience, I don't think you could have done better than Zoom. So true, Dan. In fact, there's some advantages, how fast people come back from the breakout rooms and the, the mix and match nature, the random nature of who's in the breakout rooms. You get to actually see and experience more people. Yeah, and they're sitting in their home in Mumbai, India, and they're talking to entrepreneurs from all over the world and they didn't have to go anywhere. Yeah, it's amazing. Just huge advantages. Well, thank you, Dan. As always, interesting, insightful, and mind-expanding, especially to talk about how breakthroughs reward preparation. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. 